the faster we glycate, the faster we age, the faster we die. Glycation is aging. And so with every extra glucose spike you experience, you age faster. And this shows up on your face, you get more wrinkles, but it also internally is the process by which all of your organs get damaged. Welcome to the Wellness Witch Podcast. I'm your host, Samantha Gladish, and I'm excited to take you on a journey to reclaiming and reconnecting to your magic, the magic of your health, your wealth, and your soul's purpose. As a woman's wellness coach and business mentor, I've been coaching women for over 15 years, helping them rediscover their innate abilities to heal, to transform, and to manifest their deepest desires. I'm excited to bring you a weekly dose of inspiration and information, diving into the multifaceted approach of what it means to live to our fullest potential. Let's do this. This is a Soulfire production. Welcome back, everybody. I hope your day is off to an amazing start. We are chatting about glucose and blood sugar today. I know it doesn't sound like a very sexy topic, but it is one of my favorite topics to dive into. Being that I love to educate around metabolic health and thyroid and adrenal health, blood sugar is at the core of all of this. I mean, it really is at the core of all our hormonal imbalances. If we are feeling burnt out, dealing with mood swings, having anxiety, dealing with PMS symptoms, PCOS, menopause, weight gain, we have got to look at our glucose and we have really got to address this. And it doesn't have to be complicated. It doesn't have to mean you are restricting yourself or depriving yourself. And that's why I'm really excited to have Jessie in Chowspay on our show today. She is the founder of the wildly popular Instagram account, Glucose Goddess, where she teaches hundreds of thousands of people about healthy food habits. She's on a mission to translate cutting edge science into easy advice to help people improve their physical and mental health. In her first book, Glucose Revolution, she shares her startling discovery about the essential role of blood sugar in every aspect of our lives, from cravings to fertility and the surprising hacks to optimize it while still eating the foods we love. We are chatting about glucose, what it is, why we should even care, and how it actually impacts female hormones. We talk about symptoms, and Jesse shares some really amazing everyday hacks that you can include to really support and balance your blood sugar. So I'm really excited for this conversation. Not only do we chat about glucose and blood sugar and nutrition hacks, but we also get to see a little bit of behind the scenes of what it was like to write her very first book and to grow her very widely successful Instagram account, Glucose Goddess. And I love having these conversations because I know how easy things can look from the outside in. And she was really transparent in what it was like to grow her business, start this account, the time and the energy involved, you know, what it was like writing her book and getting a book deal. And I, again, love to be able to share these stories with you. And I love that our guests are open to sharing these stories with you. I know that there are a lot of practitioners and coaches and nutritionists who listen to this podcast. And I really want you to see the time and the energy that goes into things. And I really want you to recognize that it's not always what it seems. You know, I think that so many of us think like, oh, it's so easy for them to have this business. It's so easy for them to have this 
you know, millions of followers on Instagram. It's so easy for them to have a book deal. And it's a process. It's hard work. It's commitment. It's discipline. It's dedication. And if this is what you also want for yourself, it is 100% fully possible. You just have to dive in with both feet and continue to show up even when it's challenging and when it's hard. And so I'm really glad that Jesse can give us a little bit of a behind the scenes of what it looked like starting and really building and scaling her business. So I am really excited to share this all with you today. So let's dive in, enjoy. And if you find that the information shared today can benefit somebody in your circle of friends or your family, we would love it if you can share it with them. All right, let's dive in. Let's quickly chat about lion's mane. This medicinal mushroom is fantastic for the health of your brain. I like using the product Focus from Aversio Wellness. Adding focus to your daily regimen is like taking your brain to the gym. Lion's mane extract stimulates nerve growth factor and it supports mental agility and addresses inflammation that can help you experience improved memory, concentration, and productivity. I'm a really big fan of this product. You can take it in capsule form. Sometimes I like to open the capsules and add it into a smoothie or my coffee or an elixir that I'm making. The products from Aversio, they are all sustainably packaged. They contain the whole fruiting body mushroom extract, which means you are going to get a very therapeutic dose of medicinal mushrooms. They are all organic, non-GMO, vegan, and gluten-free. Head on over to aversiowellness.com Use the coupon code wellnesswitch at checkout for 15% off. Check out the product Focus and check out all their other medicinal mushroom blends. Hello, Jesse. Welcome to the Wellness Witch Podcast. Hi, Sam. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you. Oh, my pleasure. I am so excited that we got to connect and we were just chatting before I hit record that I was going to reach out to you on social media, ask you to come on the podcast, but your team reached out to me first and I think that's very serendipitous. So I'm excited to have you here and dive into this conversation, which I feel like sometimes is not a very sexy conversation, but it's a really important one talking about insulin and blood sugar and glucose. I think some people are like, meh, like, why does this matter? So before we even get into all the juiciness, can you share with our audience a little bit more about who you are and what you do. Yes. So I'm Jesse. I'm a biochemist and I make science sexy. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> um, yeah. So I'm a scientist um, by trade and I started my health journey when I was a teenager. I had a really bad accident. I broke my back jumping off a waterfall. Super freak, crazy, oh, yeah, man. crazy thing. I had a very intense surgery, then a lot of, you know, physical issues. But mostly mental health struggles started developing after that. And I was 19 years old. And I was really, really not okay. Like deeply, deeply not okay. And I realized at that age that if you don't have your health, you really have nothing. It's the foundation of being able to live a happy, joyful life. So I went on a journey. I went on a quest to try to figure out how the heck I could fix myself because it was really painful. So I took a kind of scientific approach to the whole thing because I had been studying mathematics before. So I thought, okay, I'm going to stay in the science realm. And I went to grad school to study biochemistry. 
And so there I discovered about, you know, how our cells work and our hormones and our yeah. DNA, et cetera. And that was really interesting. And then I went on to work in a genetics startup uh, in Silicon Valley. And, you know, while the genetic work was interesting, it didn't give me any answers as to what I needed to do to heal. Because really your DNA is not that predictive. It can't tell you what you need to do to wake up tomorrow feeling good. For sure. Yeah. But then while I was there, this very serendipitous thing happened. I had the opportunity to try this new device that was called a continuous glucose monitor. Uh, this was within the company I was in. We were doing this pilot study. And so I put on the device and it was a light bulb moment for me. It completely changed the game because finally... I was able to see the inside of my body and to communicate with my body. And for those of you who are not aware, a continuous glucose monitor is a little round device. It's about the size of a macaroon. <laughs> and you wear it on the back of your arm and it measures your um, blood sugar levels continuously and shares the data to your phone. And so I would go about my day, eat something, move, not move, be stressed, not stressed. And I would see how my glucose levels were responding in real time. Totally. And that was really cool. But then something else happened that was even more crazy. One day, I felt the familiar feeling of these mental health episodes that I used to have, uh, that I started having after my accident. And I felt the thing coming on and the wave of like dissociation and anxiety and brain fog. And I checked my glucose levels. And what I saw was one of the biggest glucose spikes I had ever seen. Mm. And it turned out that what I had eaten for breakfast just an hour before was triggering the spike and was triggering this mental health episode. So I thought, hey, this is going to be how I heal. I have to keep my glucose level steady to right. feel better. Yeah. And that was huge. I mean, talk about an amazing coincidence. If that hadn't happened, I don't know where the heck I would be. But so, you know, because of that observation, I dove into the science and I realized a few really important things that brought me to where I am today. One, that 90% of people who are not diabetic experience glucose spikes every day and these lead to symptoms that we're all very familiar with cravings hunger poor energy levels poor mm -hmm. sleep hormonal issues like it can be one of the reasons you get pcos i mean migraine mental health problems and long term you know of course the development of chronic diseases yeah. so i set out to study my glucose levels and i found in the science all of these sort of hacks that I put together and pieced together that allowed me to steady my glucose levels while still eating all the pasta and chocolate cake that I like, because no way I'm giving, <laughs> giving that up. Totally. Uh, and I, so I healed and then I, I put it online and it grew, you know, far beyond anything I could have imagined. And um, I just wrote a book about it, Glucose Revolution. And now it's what I do. I share the glucose science with the world and it's really helpful to many people and it's it's really awesome. Yeah. So that's the story. I love it. It's so profound. And it's really profound that at such a young age, you recognize the importance of your health and your well-being, which I feel like often that tends to come much later in life, right? When we're in our 50s or our 60s and it's like, wow, I'm really not feeling so great. And it becomes so yeah. much harder to like swing the pendulum back. And I'm to be clear, I'm not saying that it's impossible. It's just, you know, we have this opportunity to really dive into our health right now. And so don't, don't wait. So that's mm. really profound. I love that. So let's talk about glucose. 
And let's start there. And what what it is and why should we even care about this? <laughs> so glucose is your body's preferred energy source. So if your body's a car, it's your car's favorite fuel. And every single one of your cells in your body uses glucose to perform a function. So your eye cells use it to see, your brain cells to think, your hand cells to type, your feet cells to dance. Every single cell in your body needs glucose. And the main way we get glucose is through the food we eat. Every time you eat something sweet or something starchy, there's going to be glucose in there that makes it to your bloodstream and fuels your cells. Now you might think, okay, great. So if this is my body's favorite energy source, I should just eat as much starch and sugar as possible to give my body a lot of energy. That's kind of the logical next step. But it turns out that's not the case. It's kind of the same idea as if you water a plant. If you give it too much water, it drowns, even though it needs water to live. If you give a human too much oxygen, they pass out. So there's like a, there's a right amount of these very vital things. And if you give your body too much glucose too quickly, um, what you end up with is a glucose spike in your bloodstream. And these have, you know, harmful consequences. For sure. Okay. And so can we talk about, let's break this down even more and talk about insulin and blood sugar and how that plays a role here. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. Oh, and by the way, just to be clear, so glucose and blood sugar are interchangeable terms. So you might hear us um, jump between both. So in order to talk about insulin, we need to talk about what happens in our body when the glucose spike is taking place. There's two main things that happen that damage our body. The first one is that glucose, once it hits your bloodstream, What it's going to try to do is it's going to want to go into every single cell in your body and it's going to head to your mitochondria because your mitochondria are the powerhouses that turn glucose into energy. So when glucose floods your system during a glucose spike, it all heads to the mitochondria in your cells. The problem is your mitochondria, they don't respond very well to this big wave coming their way. They kind of shut down. They throw in the towel, out the towel. I can't remember what the expression is, but (laughs) they're like, I can't deal with this. And they shut down and they sort of go on strike. It's too much for them to handle. And as your mitochondria shut down, these little um, molecules are produced called free radicals. And free radicals damage us because anything they touch, they hurt. So for example, if they touch your DNA, they can create mutations in your DNA that could lead to the development of cancer. Right. If they touch like the membrane of one of your cells, they make a hole in the membrane and they just damage everything. And your body, in order to try to protect you against the free radicals, it creates an inflammation response, which is like an immune system response. Right. And unfortunately, if this happens all the time, then you have chronic inflammation in your body. And that's not good because it leads to many of the health problems that we all encounter every day. For sure. So that's the first thing, the mitochondria going on strike. The second thing that happens is that every single molecule of glucose in your body, it's running around. It's like kids on their playground. It's like bumping into everything, just like, you know, dashing around. And every time a glucose molecule bumps into another molecule in your body, it damages it. It does what's called, it glycates it, glycation. Mm -hmm. And glycation is the same thing as what happens when you put a piece of toast in the toaster. It's literally cooking or browning. That's glycation. And on the inside, underneath our skin, the faster we glycate, the faster we age, the faster we die. 
glycation is aging. And so with every extra glucose spike you experience, you age faster. And this shows up on your face, you get more wrinkles, mm -hmm. but it also internally is the process by which all of your organs get damaged and literally you eventually die. Like when you're fully cooked, you die. So your body knows these two things are happening, the mitochondria on strike and the glycation, and it's gonna to try to protect you against these things. So what it does, when your body feels a glucose spike happening, it sends out insulin. And insulin's purpose is to store glucose away into neutral forms where it cannot do the damage anymore. And so insulin stores glucose into your liver, into your muscles, and then when those are full, into your fat cells. And that's one of the ways that you put on weight. So insulin is really just your body's uh, protection mechanism against too much glucose. But too much insulin also leads to type 2 diabetes. So it's a whole, it's a whole cycle. Yes, for sure. Okay, you explained that all just so beautifully. <laughs> so let's talk about glucose specifically in relation to female hormones and what's mm. happening there. Yeah. So the main connection between glucose and female hormones is the following. When there's too much glucose in your system, and there's too much insulin in your system, this excessive insulin goes to your ovaries and tells your ovaries to produce more testosterone, mm -hmm. which is the male sex hormone, Right. number one. Number two, when there's a lot of insulin around, your body can no longer effectively transform testosterone into female hormones. So you're left with this excess of male hormones in your female body. And that causes most notably polycystic ovarian syndrome. Right. And this means you can miss your periods, your ovaries can become burdened with cysts, you can start getting hair on your chin, you can start balding. And that's really like the main association. And PCOS is becoming so common. I think so. it's over one in eight women that have been diagnosed with this. And there are other reasons for PCOS, but the main one seems to really be this state of too much insulin in the body. And this is why when women study their glucose levels, they often see a reversal of those symptoms. Awesome. Okay, I love that. So speaking of symptoms, I know that, you know, you've mentioned before your basically like your it's how your body talks to you, right? It, yeah. It's your body's communicating to you. It's telling you these symptoms to like, hey, pay attention to me, right? So let's break that down a, a little bit further and how, how is your body really communicating to you? Mm -hmm. Well, there are many symptoms that we tend to medicate, you know, whether it's poor energy level, migraines, acne, psoriasis, polycystic ovarian syndrome, like all of these things, weight gain. We feel like these are things, our body is against us and we need to sort of medicate and suppress and ignore and feel guilty or angry about it. When actually, when you sort of peel back the layers, you realize that all of these symptoms that you feel are your body telling you, hey, Sam, there are glucose spikes happening underneath your skin. Like, please, we're trying to tell you that you need to do something about it. But your body's speaking a language that often you don't understand. But if you start looking at it from that lens, like, oh, for, for example, me, right? My mental health problems. I was like, right. I didn't understand the triggers. I got so upset at myself. And then finally I could see, oh, it's actually 
one of the reasons this happens is when my glucose levels are way too high and my body's trying to tell me something's wrong. So that, to me, that realization was really life-changing. And I think it helps us become kinder to ourselves, you know, and when something does come up to be like, okay, let me take a second and see what's happening, how I can solve it um, instead of getting angry and upset and ashamed. For sure. For sure. And I think like, it's such a great opportunity to connect with your intuition and really just discover more about your body. Cause I think so many of us are just like, oh my God, I have acne. Well, how do I cover this? What do I take to fix this? Right. It's like this immediate thing. We just want a bandaid approach for, which as many of us know, long-term, it's never going to be the solution. So really taking that yeah. time to tune in is going to be so important. So but people okay. are not taught this, you know, it's oh, like, totally. We have to, we have to teach it to ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. It's absolutely. true. It's true. Yeah, we have but to become I agree like the intuition part. Mm-hmm. We have to become like our own, our own doctors, our own detectives, right? Okay, a really quick interruption to talk about myo-inositol. You've probably heard me talk about this pretty extensively on the podcast before. And if you follow me over on Instagram, you've probably seen me add a scoop of this into my morning coffee or elixir or even my smoothie. It really has a mild sweet taste and it mixes very well into liquids and water. And I love this product for many reasons. It supports mood balance by modulating neurotransmitter receptors. It promotes healthy glucose metabolism. It promotes ovulatory function. And it's really great for supporting menstrual regularity, especially in those that are dealing with polycystic ovarian syndrome. And it's been studied clinically for use in eating disorders, mood imbalance, and PCOS. I am a big fan of it and I highly recommend it, especially if you are dealing with some of those issues I just mentioned and having issues with blood sugar regulation and glucose issues, as well as weight, PCOS, fertility, issues with your cycle, and finding even that you're really moody, especially in that luteal phase of your cycle. Myo-inositol can really be a game changer for you. I personally love to use the one from Canprev. It is dairy-free, gluten-free, GMO-free, soy-free, vegan, and sugar-free. So head on over to your local health food store or search online for the Canprev Myo-Inositol. Okay, so let's talk about ways we can actually reduce this glucose spike. People might be like, mm-hmm. so does this mean I can never have my cake again? Can I never no. eat my pizza again? Like, what no. do I actually do to reduce this glucose spike? Um, so this is one of the most beautiful things actually about this whole thing is that in order to flatten your glucose curve, so avoid the spikes, you don't have to give up all the starchy and sweet foods you love. And um, this is why people really like you know, what I share in the science that I explain, it's because it's not restrictive. It doesn't ask you to go on a diet. Um, what I share are principles. Yeah. So for example, number one principle, eat your food in the right order. So next time you have a meal in front of you, sort of look at it and look at it, its ingredients. And if you eat the ingredients of that meal in a specific order, you'll reduce the glucose spike of the meal by 75%. That's large. So you're... Yeah, so you're still eating the exact same foods, but the order in which you eat them has a huge impact on whether it's going to cause harm in your body or not. So the magic order is vegetables first, and I'll explain why in a sec, Mm -hmm. proteins and fats second, starches and sugars last. So let's say you have, you know, 
some salmon, some broccoli, some quinoa, and I don't know, an apple or a cookie. The right order is to start with the broccoli, then the salmon, then the quinoa, then the cookie. Now, of course, you can mix them a little bit, but try to front load all the vegetables and try to keep all the starches and sugars till the end. And the reason this works is because the fiber in the vegetables, if it lands in your stomach first, and if it lands in your intestine first, it has the time to create this amazing protective situation. And what it does is it coats the inside walls of your intestine with this viscous fibrous mesh. And this mesh then protects your body from absorbing too much glucose coming down afterwards. So the glucose that's in that quinoa and that cookie, you will absorb less of it into your bloodstream if there was fiber there first to create the protective mesh. Awesome. Okay. I love that. So you can still move around your plate, but you're saying at least start with the veggies first. Yeah. And there are so many more things you can do too. Um, another really popular one is after you eat, move. So after each one of your meals for 10 minutes, use your muscles somehow. And it can be dancing to your favorite song. It can be walking the dog. It can be folding your laundry. It can be playing with your kids, like whatever. Use your muscles for 10 minutes within the hour that follows your meal. Because mm -hmm. if you do that, your muscles, as they contract, they're going to need energy to do that. Right. And the first place they'll look is in your bloodstream. So if there's glucose coming in from that meal you just had, and then you use your muscles, they will blunt the glucose spike because they'll, they'll use the glucose as it comes through. Um, and last one I can share, and then feel free to, <laughs> we can talk about more, of course, but vinegar. That's yes, one that, that was on my list love. to ask you. Where does vinegar fit into the equation? Yeah. So vinegar is amazing. It actually has scientifically proven superpowers, which is very cool and was very surprising to me when I first discovered it, to be honest. So if you have a tablespoon of vinegar before your meals in a tall glass of water, um, you will curb the glucose spike of that meal by up to 30%. Crazy. Just by drinking some vinegar before the meal. And that's for two reasons. One, the vinegar actually slows down the breakdown of starches and sugars into glucose in your stomach. And second, your vinegar also acts on those muscles we were just talking about. And it tells your muscles to become extra hungry for glucose. Mm -hmm. It literally tells your muscles, please soak up glucose as it arrives into the bloodstream and store it, but at a higher pace. So it's sort of like... It, it sort of tricks your muscles into thinking they're exercising. And so they store more glucose more quickly. So as a result, smaller spike. And of course, this is cool for the spike. But also, what does that mean for us? It means that we have fewer cravings because we don't have a glucose crash afterwards. For sure. We have less inflammation. You know, there's less harm done to our hormones, less likelihood of weight gain, slower toasting, slower aging. So um, yeah, that's a really powerful one. And in Glucose Revolution, I share 10 hacks. So that's three. But there are many more cool ones. Amazing. And so do you mean like any kind of vinegar, apple cider vinegar? That count? Any kind of vinegar works because the molecule that actually has the effect is called acetic acid and it's the main molecule in vinegar. So balsamic is a bit less recommended just because it has some sugar left over. Right. So more on the sweet side. Exactly. So, you know, top choices are apple cider vinegar, white wine vinegar, cherry vinegar, rice vinegar. I personally love the just traditional apple cider vinegar, but you don't have to use it if you don't like it. And then if you don't want to drink it, because it's kind of a weird acquired taste to make this vinegar drink, you can also just use it in the dressing for, let's say, a vegetable starter that you have. Right. Um, you can mix it with other stuff, with olive oil, with lemon, with salt. It doesn't change anything. Okay. Awesome. That's a really great hack. I love it. 
Okay, ladies, if you're listening to this episode today and feeling stuck when it comes to sugar and carbs and really balancing out your blood sugar, I want you to dive into our five-day sugar detox challenge. It is delicious. It is non-restrictive. You will not feel deprived. It's a five-day meal plan loaded with amazing recipes so that you can optimize your hormonal health, support your immune system, and more importantly, really balance out that blood sugar, which is really going to help with so many of the hormonal imbalances and symptoms that you're probably experiencing. Head on over to holisticwellness.ca forward slash sugar detox and grab your free detox today. So I'm curious what your thoughts are on Splenda and artificial sweeteners, because this is so common and especially in like the diabetic world. So yeah, let's dive into that. So the first thing I would say is that artificial sweeteners are better for you than real sugar. Like that is a fact. Of course, they have downsides as well. For but sure. just to be clear, it's better to drink a diet soda than to drink. It's better to drink a diet Coke than a regular Coke. Because the sugar in the regular Coke is going to deregulate your hormones, hurt your microbiome way more than the artificially sweetened version. version. And, but within the artificial or the sweeteners world, some are better than others. Right. So the ones you want to avoid are aspartame, maltitol, and xylitol. And then the ones that seem to not have too much of a harmful effect are allulose, monk fruit, stevia, right. erythritol, and oh, I'm forgetting one or two. They're in the book. <laughs> <laughs> but okay. so, you know, within, within the world, some are, some are better than others. Right. Okay. Good to know. Yeah. I, I really wanted your take on that because I often find, or there's been some interesting information about how they can impact like the neurochemistry and like brain health. And like, it's tricking your body to thinking that you- You're eating something yeah. really sweet. Yeah. And so of course, you know, they can create cravings later on. They can also create the situation where you're like, oh, well, I had a Diet Coke, so as a result, I can have an extra slice of pizza, you know? Um, it can create that thing. But real sugar will 100% create a craving roller coaster, and we know that from the studies looking at human brains. So I think it's important to nuance a little bit that conversation and sort of zoom out, because I see a lot of things online being like, artificial sweeteners are the devil, like you have to ban them, but then people just go back to regular sugar or to honey or to maple syrup or to agave, which are not better options at all. In fact, they're worse for you. So yeah, it's it's fraught with uh, with many different opinions, but scientifically, it's better to have a Diet Coke than a regular Coke. Okay, good to know. Okay. So let's say it's like nine o'clock at night and okay. you ate dinner at like six. Mm -hmm. And you're like, okay, I just really want that slice of cake that's in the fridge right now. Yeah. Is Can we still apply those hacks? Like, okay, I'm going to have the slice of cake. It's nine o'clock, but I'm going to have my vinegar drink first, or I'm going to eat a little bit of veggies first, and then I'm going to have the cake. Is that how you would approach it? Yes, this happens to me a lot. So I can speak <laughs> from experience. <laughs> So I'm in front of the TV, I'm watching a nice movie, and I'm like, mm, I have that slice of cake like the food from yesterday. So here's what you do. You do a few hacks in one. So number one, you make a vinegar drink for yourself, 100%, super easy. And you drink that before you eat anything. Number two, you do this thing called putting clothing on your carbs. So you said a little bit of vegetables first. So you mm -hmm. could do that. It's actually a very good option. 
or you could think of other clothing you could put on your carbs. And clothing is protein, fat, or fiber. So my favorite piece of clothing for my chocolate cake is Greek yogurt because it has protein and fats in it, which it. slow down the movement of glucose from your stomach to your intestines. So Got it slows it. the glucose spike. And then third thing I would do is after you eat the cake and you're in front of the TV, stretch, sort of get up, you know, do some squats, whatever feels good as you're watching TV, for example. Right. Um, try to use your muscles a little bit because they'll help you curb the glucose spike. Yeah, but definitely have the cake. Just learn how to have it. Got it. Okay, I love that. Yeah, I, I think I saw you post something about like adding clothing to your oatmeal. And I think yeah. you had a, a, an example of like, if you're just eating oatmeal and berries versus adding like butter and berries and an egg to your oatmeal, mm -hmm. the difference that that's going to have, have on your blood sugar. Ab absolutely. And for breakfast specifically, it's important to, to realize that the shape of the glucose curve of your breakfast is going to dictate your hunger, your cravings, and your energy levels for the rest of the day. So it's really important that your breakfast does not create a big glucose spike. And to do that, keep in mind a couple things. Number one, have a savory breakfast. So nothing sweet for breakfast except whole fruit. And number two, think of like starches as something you add for taste in your breakfast. So really try to build your breakfast around protein. And then if you want to have a piece of toast with that, if you want to have some oats with that, that's also fine. But they should right. be for taste and pleasure, right. not the primary component of your breakfast. Right. Makes sense. Okay. So more savory. Got that. I'm always more savory in the morning. What do you have for breakfast? It can vary, but typically I'll wake up and have a cup of bone broth and then I will have either like leftovers. I so, love leftovers. Yeah. Breakfast. It's typically I just heat it up and that's pretty much my meal. It could be salmon. It could be steak. It could be chicken. It could be, you know, like anything. So, um, and then there's typically some sort of greens and I'll saute yep. those. Um, I might have like on the weekend or something, like we had pancakes, we had chocolate chip pancakes, but we also had bacon on the side, yeah. right? So it's never just the carbohydrate or the sugar on its own. It's typically combined with something. Yeah, Not yeah, to say that's that great. never, but it's, it's rare for sure. Yeah, well, honestly, I don't even want to have just something starchy or sweet for breakfast because I know I'm going to feel like crap. I know I'm going to be starving at 1030, you know, yeah. even though I just ate a couple hours ago, I know I'm going to be exhausted in the afternoon and I don't even have that desire anymore because it just like, why I can have the sweet thing, but let me have it for dessert after my lunch or for dessert after my dinner. Totally. Yeah. Set it yeah. aside, you know? Yeah. I love that. And it also helps like mentally because it's not like you can't have it. And this isn't about restriction or deprivation it's you can have it it's just being conscious of the timing and what you're eating it with exactly it's like how do you optimize for pleasure while also you know helping your body be as optimal as possible totally yes mm -hmm. i love that okay so then what are your thoughts on fasting well um a couple of things first of all it's very clear from the science that even if you eat the same amount of food it's much better to do that in three meals versus six meals a day, for example. So it's better to avoid snacking and really combine your food into bigger meals. Then when it comes to like intermittent fasting, so maybe you don't have breakfast, maybe you do time-restricted eating. I, I don't have a very strong opinion, but there's a few things I know. 
One, all the studies showing the benefits of prolonged fasting have been done in men. So it's important to you know keep that in mind. As yeah. women, depending on where you are in your cycle, mm -hmm. it might be a bit less useful. Um, I believe I saw a study that explained that in the week before your period, it's best to not fast at all and to really have three meals a day. Right. But then I think it comes down to what we were talking about, like the intuition and the connecting with your body. Personally, if I'm in a week where I'm feeling stressed and I have a lot of stuff to do and I feel like my nervous system is like quite, you know, um, activated, I make right. sure to have three meals a day and to not add the stress of the fasting. But yeah. it really depends on you and how you feel. Yeah. It's so true. Yeah. And I, you know, I think as women, like we're a little bit more delicate butterflies than men. Mm -hmm. So our hormones are very, um, are very sensitive right? Yeah. So if you're under a lot of stress or have thyroid issues, and like you mentioned with your period, you need food, you need the calories. Yeah. So to be, to be conscious. And we of have that. to remember that fasting is, is a stressor on our body, right? It's like exercise or saunas or cold exposure. I mean, of course they're good because they make you more resilient, but sometimes it's not the best idea to pile on all of these stressors, especially if like you don't sleep well and you're stressed and it's the week before your period, like Check in with yourself and see if this is really a good idea. Totally. <laughs> you have to develop that kind of relationship, I think, to make sure yes. we only do it when it's good. I love that. Okay, cool. So let's chat about fruit juices and veggie juices and more so like the homemade ones that like you're actually making a fresh pressed juice, like putting it through your juicer. Um you know, there's been a huge celery juice craze. And so let's chat about that. Is it beneficial? What have you seen with the impacts on blood sugar? What does that look like? So in terms of vegetable juices, totally fine. Juice away. Celery juice, kale juice, whatever, broccoli juice you want to make, like anything from a green vegetable is completely fine. When it comes to fruit juices, we need to actually look back a little bit and go back in time for a second. So when fruit first came about the way nature intended them to be, they were actually tiny, full of fiber, full of seeds, and quite tart. Right. But then humans arrived, and over millennia, they started breeding fruit to be extra juicy and extra sweet because we love sweetness. It gives totally. us pleasure. So the apples you see today are like 20 times bigger than the apples that existed <laughs> at the origins of the story yep. and they're extra sweet and contain way more sugar than before so keep that in mind if you want something sweet it's always best to pick a whole fruit over anything else because whole fruit contain fiber so even though they do have a lot of sugars in them the fiber helps because the fiber is protective for sure now if you juice a fruit juicing is literally just getting rid of the fiber and keeping the sugar so the protective fiber is gone. On top of that, in a can of apple juice, there's the juice of like five apples. Right. So what's happening is that you've, you've concentrated the sugar of five apples and you're drinking it in one minute fat. Whereas the alternative would have been to sit down and eat five apples, which would be really difficult For and sure. would not give you such a big glucose spike. So... Fruit juices are just concentrated glucose spikes, right. and they're not a good option. Fruit juices are not a health food. They're not, in the balance, helping your body. In the balance, they're harming your body. For sure. 100%.
So yes, they have vitamins in them, of course, but you know, if you added vitamins to a can of Coke, you would still not think it's a health food. Right. When you think about it, a can of Coke is just a beetroot juice or a cane juice because the sugar in the Coke also came from plants. It's been extracted in the same way as we juice apples. Right. So yeah, fruit juice. Mm -mm. No. So what if you add like half of an apple to your vegetable juice? Of course, it's fine. It's it's all on a spectrum. Like everything's relative. Right. So having a liter of orange juice every single day, three times a day, that's really not going to help your glucose levels. Right. But then if you add a little bit of apple to your vegetable juice and you have it before you go for a walk outside or right. after a meal, like of course, there's there's space, yep. you know, for everything. But just when you add a fruit juice to your diet, no, okay, I have to compensate this maybe a little bit. Or think about not having it on its own on an empty stomach first thing in the morning. Makes sense. Use the hacks to make it pleasurable still, but yes. to help your body deal with it a bit better. Okay, awesome. Now, sedentary versus movement, you know, where do you see exercise and movement fitting in and the impact that that has on supporting somebody's glucose? I mean, I think we all know that exercise is good for us. Of course. <laughs> we just need to hear it over and over and over okay. again. <laughs> um, well, exercise is good for you anytime, anywhere, any kind of exercise that you like. Uh, but, you know, the, the walking or the using your muscles for 10 minutes after meals is really useful. If you can time, if you have total freedom as to when you exercise, trying to exercise in the couple hours after your meals is actually really helpful for your glucose levels. For you sure. might not like it. Some people don't like exercising on a full stomach. Oh but if you're thinking just glucose, um, that's a really good time. But yeah, exercise is amazing. I think it's like one of the most powerful anti-aging things out there. If you could put it in a pill and patent it, it would be the number one best-selling pill in the market. I bet. <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't we all just love that? Totally. Okay, and then... The keto diet. I'm curious what your mm -hmm. thoughts are on that. And, you know, do you feel like we should be restricting carbohydrates or creating more balance around it instead of restrict? Like, what, what are your thoughts on that? I just, I'm not a fan of anything restrictive, anything extreme, anything mm -hmm. unsustainable, anything that makes you feel guilty, anything that potentially can be abused because mm -hmm. there are many unhealthy keto products out there. Yes. Like, Many, many, many. Anything that is processed, that is keto, you have really unhealthy fats, even though they're keto, they're really bad for you. And just doing something that extreme, I just find it, I just find it really insane. And usually people do it with the primary objective of just weight loss at all cost. Right. And that's so damaging. That's so damaging to everyone, to the person doing it, to the people around them seeing this thing, to the culture, to the teenagers who are being influenced into doing this. Right. Like dramatic weight loss like this. It's it's harmful. So I don't think restricting carbs in that fashion is useful. I think it's helpful to understand, okay, I don't actually need to eat carbs to live because if you don't eat glucose, your body can make it from within. Right. So the concept of you need to eat sugar to live is not true. However, I love carbs. Like everybody loves carbs. We all love to eat cake. I mean, maybe not all of us, but most of us. Like, right. Cake and pasta and delicious French bread. I mean, I think the point is figuring out how you incorporate these into your diet so that you still have the pleasure, but you have a few less consequences. You see what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I 
Definitely agree with you on that one. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Especially like, I don't think there's anything wrong with doing maybe it short term, but like not as extreme, but maybe short term, but it's really more of that longevity. Like, does it really have longevity? That's hard to follow for a really, really long, long time. Totally unrestricted. You know, actually doing it properly is quite challenging um, and it can lead to all sorts of things. When I, so I tried, I tried all diets. When I was in my early 20s, I tried everything and I did keto for like three months. My period stopped. For sure. I just didn't have my period anymore. I was like, what is happening? Um, and so I was stressing my hormonal system so much that that happened. That, and then I was like, hmm, doesn't seem like a very good plan. And to be I actually gained weight on the keto diet because I was just eating so much cheese to compensate for the pleasure that I used to get from eating rice. I was like, right. more Parmesan, more Parmesan. <laughs> So I think all this stuff is really not sustainable and not a good, not a good move. Unless you have like a particular medical condition that is really being helped by this. For sure. 100%. Yeah. That makes sense. Absolutely. All right. So that was great. I'd love to switch gears a little bit and talk about your book. And, and I definitely want to hear more about your book. I'm sure our audience does. But not just the actual book itself, the process of you going mm. through writing a book and getting your book deal. And like, let's talk about it all. So I had never thought of writing a book. Uh, there I was a year into my Instagram journey trying to share the glucoscience online. I had like 10,000 10, followers, 15,000 followers. Um, and I was trying to figure out, you know, where do I go from here? Like, how do I get this message out. I feel like I have really hit a ceiling. I was, I was just a bit lost. And then what happened was insane. This literary agent, this book agent, Susanna, she found my Instagram. She saw it and she reached out to me and she said, Hey, I think you should write a book. Do you want me to help you? And I was like, yes, of course. That sounds amazing. So I discovered the publishing industry and all of this as I went. I, to this day, I have no clue what's coming next. Like the book is out now, but I don't know what's going to happen next week and what usually happens after you write a book. I have no idea. Right. So I sort of sat down and I thought, okay, what is, what is going to be the structure of the book? Clearly it's going to be about glucose and the hacks and explaining science to people because that's what I love to do. Mm-hmm. So I wrote a proposal, which is like a 40 page sort of draft, few chapters, um, the table of contents, et cetera. And then we went out and we pitched the book to publishers and it went well. We sold it in 18 languages so far, which is amazing. Wild. Yeah. And then we had, had to write it once it was sold. <laughs> and, write, and writing the book actually coincided with one of the worst and the hardest mental health moments of my life. Mm. Yeah. All the stuff I had experienced after my accident all the dissociation, the depression, the anxiety, they all came crashing back. My house burnt down. <gasps> That's devastating. Yeah. Yes. It was really, really quite a traumatic time, <laughs> to be honest, like really hard. For sure. Um, but at the same time, I was writing this book and I was, you know, this is the most proud I have ever been of anything I've ever made. So I feel fine now. I'm, I'm all good. I had lovely therapy, a lot of help, a lot of learnings about my nervous system and how to, you know, heal it. But, yeah. um, yeah, 
Those are the well, I mean, having your house burned down is enough to make anybody mm-hmm. have their nervous system go, you know, go on yeah. high alert. Was that just like yeah. a freak accident? Yeah, we don't know what happened. A mattress took fire. Uh, I was actually not in town. I was living in San Francisco at the time. I was back home in France and uh, a mattress caught fire on the block and the entire entire structure like completely burned down. Oh. My housemates were in the house. It was six in the morning. The cat died. I mean, <gasps> oh. ugh, yeah, that's heartbreaking. awful stuff. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and it also shows the level of resiliency, you know, that we can, we can all have as humans to get through the hard stuff. We can't do it alone. Getting the support, yeah. you know, you mentioned getting therapy. It's really important. I love therapy. My yeah. favorite thing. Awesome. Yeah. I, I wish everybody had access to it because it's really that's the good stuff. <laughs> That's the good stuff. Yeah. No, I totally agree with you. Absolutely. Having that support is is ideal. Yeah. And so your book is out there now, The Glucose Revolution, which is very exciting. Yes. And yeah. are you on a book tour right now? I am on a book tour. So I'm doing um, lots of interviews. I did my first TV this week, which was really fun. I'm trying to make my Instagram the best it's ever been and to explain to people what this book is about. Mm-hmm. And it's for anybody who doesn't wake up in the morning feeling amazing. Love that. That's it. Because 90% of us have deregulated glucose levels. So 90% of us can benefit from all the information I share in there. And um, I also wanted the book to really not be just about me, but have lots of stories of people in it. So when I started writing it, I put out this story on Instagram and I said, hey guys, like I want to hear your story. And a bunch of people responded. Their glucose story, obviously. Um, And a bunch of people responded and I interviewed them and I weaved all of their journeys into the chapters of the book, which I'm so happy about. That's amazing. Well, good for you. And so you started how long ago on Instagram? Exactly three years ago, actually. Actually, yeah, three years and two days ago. It was (laughs) March 27th, 2019. Yeah. That's amazing. And so you started with the intention of, I want to share, share my message with the world. Yeah, it was, it was, I was already sharing my glucose data with my friends and my family. I was sharing with them what I was learning in the science and they asked me to put this online somewhere so they could share with their friends and their family. So I started this Instagram account, but I also told myself, okay, I'm going for the next six months to spend two hours a day I had another job. I mean, I had a day job. I I told myself, I'm going to spend two hours a day just trying to hustle the shit out of this. So two hours a day for six months. And I made this deal with myself. And so for two hours every day, I would make content. I would reach out to people. I would reach out to Dave Asprey and Mark Hyman and blah, 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 blah. And of course, nobody answered. But I was just cold LinkedIn emailing people about my work. Hey, I'm doing this on Instagram. Check it out. I was looking at all the big influencers. I was going and following, unfollowing people so they could find my account. I was leaving comments everywhere. I was posting every day. Um, And it was really hard. But after six months, you know, I had traction. I had 5,000 followers. And so I thought, okay, there's something here. Because I loved that. I loved this this idea so much. And I loved talking about it so much that I wanted to see, can I make this my job? Uh, but in order to do that, you have to really, you know, give it a shot. You can't totally. just you gotta commit. be casual about, oh, I'm going to put a few things on Instagram and see if magically I become, you know, <laughs> a big account. You have to hustle. So yeah, that was the beginning. Oh my God. I, I love that story so, so much mm-hmm. because 
I have a business mentorship program and I'm going to make sure all of my students listen to this yeah. part of this episode because it's like a constant conversation we have in our mentorship of like, my Instagram is growing slow. I don't know what to post. I showed up last week. I didn't, you know, and it's just like, you have to commit this idea that you can just post once and two weeks later go again and try to, it's, you really do have to have a plan and, and show up for that consistency. So, because I think it's so easy to look at others and be like, oh, it's so easy for them. Oh, they, they grew so fast, but let, let alone you were showing up two hours, you made a two hour commitment every day. You know, people need to hear that. Oh my God, that's so powerful. And also we often, there's this false idea that Instagram is still this organic platform where if you just post good content, people are going to find you. Totally. And it's like, girl, that is not at all how this shit works anymore. Like you have to be in there and one by one, tell people about your account so they go and they follow you. You have to hustle because otherwise people never find your account. And I think there are three main components to why my account Glucose Goddess has become successful. Number one, creating content that is new. Number two, having a human behind it. I think that's key. You know, the emotional connection. And number three, the the hustle, the time, the commitment. You you need all three things for it to work, I think. Yeah, no. It's only my experience. Excuse me. You are totally right. Like, you know, a conversation we always have is with our students is like, you have to post bold, polarizing content you know, what's going to make you unique and stand out. And you had a very clear message Mm -hmm. in a way being presented that people hadn't heard before. You were sharing it in a way that was very different. And that's, yeah, that's key. It bring, you know, really helps to attract your audience that way. It does. And also, I will also add, so now if you look at my account, you know, it's also polished and the message is so clear and the visual is so clear. And you're like, oh my God, like, did she just wake up like that? scroll back, scroll back to 2019, you will see how it started. Mm-hmm. It was nothing like what I have today. Yes, there were glucose curves, but it just it just did not look good. It was all over the place. There was no takeaway. There were a bunch of selfies of me like on the beach. It was really confused. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> it's like I was asking my boyfriend to take all these selfies of me like in Greece on a boat and I was posting them. So embarrassing. It. With the glucose monitor, because I thought, you know, oh, anyway, now I, I, I regret, but whatever. Just start and things are going to evolve. And as you grow and as people criticize you and tell you what you're doing wrong, you will evolve your message yeah. and then you'll become better. If somebody criticizes you and it makes you feel really upset, it's because there's a kernel of truth in there that you have to go explore and use to progress. And as you keep doing this, we were talking about this before we started recording, but many comments on social media will now roll off on me because I actually know that I've addressed the thing that they're saying is a problem and it's actually not a problem. But then the ones that sting is tough because the first thing I want to do is like respond and defend myself. But now I have this rule. If there's a comment that stings, I do not respond for one hour. And that's my rule because in the one hour process, my ego has time to sort of calm down and yes. then um i actually end up thanking the person like oh you're right thanks i'll work more on that yeah i <laughs> love that i love that that's really really powerful thank you so much for sharing that and so 
Tell us where your follower count is at now. Let's check. As of today, it is 411,000. Guys, are you listening to that? 411,000. Mm -hmm. And that didn't start from just, maybe I'll show up this day. Maybe I'll show up this day. That was real hustle and real commitment. So mm -hmm. thanks for sharing that because there needs to be more of this transparency because I think people get, they feel very defeated when they're trying to grow social media and show up. I was and, so defeated at the beginning. Yeah. Oh, one more thing I will say that really helped me if it resonates with anybody. When I first started um, three years ago, I created a new note on my computer, like a document, and I called it my progress diary. And every month, I would just write a couple sentences about how the project was going. So month one, it was like, uh, I don't know if I want to do this thing. Like it's <laughs> month two is like, oh, great. I have a hundred followers. Month three is like, oh, this is so much work. I hate it. Why did I commit to this thing? And so now when I look back, I can remember how difficult it was. And it still is difficult now, but in different ways. And it really helps you gain perspective and actually be happy with your progress. Even oh, if in six months you only have I don't know, 200 followers. When you look back to your progress diary entry from six months ago, you'll be like, actually, I, I got better. Things are getting better. Yep. You evolve, right? And that just takes time. So you have yeah. to stick it out as frustrating mm -hmm. as it can be. You have to stick it out. Well, thank you so, so much for sharing that with us. I think that's really powerful. So let our audience know where they can get your book, where they can connect with you. So the book is called Glucose Revolution, The Life-Changing Power of Balancing Your Blood Sugar. And it's available anywhere you buy books, uh, anywhere online. I mean, Amazon is the most popular one these days. And then my account is Glucose Goddess. But in the book, you'll really learn everything you need to empower yourself to, to heal and to reconnect with your body. And I hope it'll change your life as much as it has changed mine. Amazing. I love that so much. Well, I really acknowledge you for all of your amazing work. Thank you so much for being with us today. And I'm sure we'll connect again soon. Thank you, Sam, for having me. It was awesome. My pleasure. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in today. You can connect with Jesse over on Instagram at Glucose Goddess and head on over to Glucose dash revolution.com. If you found this information valuable and you know that others can benefit from it, we would love it if you can share it with them. Thanks again for being with us today. I will connect with you all next week. Have an awesome day. Thank you so much for being with me today. If there's anybody that you know that can benefit from today's episode, please share it with them. And if you haven't yet left us a rating and a review, we would so appreciate it. Thank you so much for being here. I'll connect with you next week.